The Holy Gospel according to John. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know. The one who is coming after me, I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. I received a piece of mail recently here at Emmanuel addressed to Reverend Sarah Neem. It made me stop and think for a moment. Some of you might not know this, but I was Sarah Neem for 26 years of my life. That was the name I was born with and grew up with, the name that I had when I was a student and earned my degrees. And I've been a pastor or informal addressing reverend for over seven years now. But seeing as I was married and changed my last name to Barnes before I was ordained as a pastor, I was never reverend and neem at the same time. So looking at Reverend Sarah Neem on a piece of mail feels really strange. Like, I know the mail is meant for me, but I can also tell that the sender doesn't actually know me. And while Reverend and Sarah and Neem are all parts of my identity, it misses the mark. It's almost, but not quite right. I wonder if this is a little how John the Baptist felt as the priests and Levites questioned him. And while their questions reveal a recognition that John is of God or from God, holy and important, they're missing the mark. They're not quite right. Even if others don't quite understand John's role, John the baptizer is a man who knows who he is. He is confident in his identity, knowing fully who he is and who he is not. When others ask him, are you the Messiah? Are you Elijah? Are you a prophet? He says no each time. No, not the Messiah. No, not Elijah. No, not a prophet. 
What's a little strange here, at least to me, is that for two of these questions, John could have answered yes, truthfully. The crowd wasn't exactly wrong. While John is not the Messiah, there are places in Scripture where John the baptizer and Elijah are linked. In the Gospel of Luke, the angel of the Lord says that John will have the spirit and the power of Elijah. In Matthew's Gospel, we hear that John is the Elijah who is to come. And on that question of prophet, if a prophet is someone called by God with a message from God, He seems to fit the definition of a prophet to me. I think I've described him that way before. But John denies both of these labels. He shakes off the identities that others assign him. Even if there's some truth in them, they don't feel quite right to John, revealing that they don't know or understand John or his role very well. Maybe they're part of his identity, but they're not the whole. Or maybe while they're accurate descriptions, they aren't what John feels is at the core of who he is. John says simply, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. John identifies himself as one voice in the wilderness, pointing to Jesus. Or as the gospel writer says, he came to testify to the light. He himself was not the light. John is a voice crying out. John points to the light of Christ. This is kind of amazing when you think about it. John has disciples, people who follow him. They listen to him. Crowds gather around him. People make their way out of the cities and into the wilderness just to hear his preaching Some are inspired to turn their lives around, and some want to experience a baptism of repentance. And he keeps none of this power and influence for himself. He doesn't build himself up. He doesn't claim these titles people try to put on him. He uses his voice, his authority, his teaching, his influence, to point others to Christ. There's a strength and a humility to John, a strength in knowing exactly who he is and what he is called to do, and a humility in knowing that it's not about him. It's about Jesus. His whole ministry points to Jesus. In godly play, we like to use I wonder statements. I wonder how John got to this place of strength and humility. I wonder how he became so secure in his identity. Over the past two weeks, I've had several uh, conversations about identity. I've had conversations in spirituality for the home stretch, our senior spirituality group, and in confirmation class, and in my one-to-one conversations. We seem to wrestle with questions of who we are at every age and stage of life. 
Our identities are multifaceted. I can truthfully claim that I am a pastor, mom, wife, daughter, and nutmegger. That's someone from Connecticut who loves to eat and read and do arts and crafts, especially when they include glitter. My love language is gift giving. The way to my heart is with chocolate. I'm a type nine and I love all things cozy. We can each be described and defined in many ways, whether by gender, age, career, political affiliation, marital status, Enneagram number, sports fandom, hobbies, or in a multiplicity of other ways. Some parts of our identity are true for our entire lives, but others change. And some parts of our identity are accurate, but they're not central to who we are. And in addition to the many ways we would willingly describe ourselves, there are many descriptions, labels, and measures that are not a part of who we are, but people put on us anyway. We are not the things we've done. We are not our grades. We are not the weight on the scale. We are not our bank accounts. We are not the number of likes we receive on Facebook or Instagram or whatever the newest one is. We are so much more than any of that. We are, at the very core, children of God. I am, above and beyond all the things I previously mentioned, a child of God. And as followers of Jesus, our identity is in Christ. We hold the light of Christ for others. We are witnesses to the light. However else we could describe ourselves or how others might try to define us, we are children of God. It is at the very center of our beings. When we experience life changes that shake our identity, like when adult children move out of the house or when we move to a new state, if we experience a divorce or a change in career or fall in love or change our name or hit a milestone birthday, when we have to redefine ourselves in small or big ways or when parts of our identity that we thought were fixed turn out to be more fluid than we thought. And when we have to reconcile who we thought we were or who we've always been with who we are now, we can rest knowing that we are children of God, always and forever. That is steady and unchanging. During this season of Advent, in our hopeful waiting and watching for Jesus' birth and Christ's return, we can remember John the Baptist. While the church is called to be like Christ, I think we can take some pointers from John, too. In all of the work we do, we are called to point to Jesus. We are voices who cry out 
in a very loud world with many people shouting hateful and harmful things. As Pastor Josh said last week, we are called to sing a better song. In all of our service, in our giving, in our worship, the point of all that we do is never to glorify ourselves to be the best church in town or to have the most kids or to brag or boast about our own greatness. At the heart of everything that we do, our identity as a church is to point to Jesus, to bring glory to God, to tell others of God's love, to proclaim repentance and forgiveness, to cry out against injustice, to witness to the light. So this Advent and beyond, may we be like John, children of God who point the way to Christ. Amen.